Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Welcome to Wired to Hunt's Rut Fresh Radio, bringing you the latest reports from the Whitetail Woods. And now, your hosts, Casey Smith and Tyler Jones. This is Rut Fresh Radio, powered by Vortex. I'm your host, KC Smith, and this week we're talking about how good access can get you on a big buck. What's up, y'all? This is Rough Fresh Radio, powered by Vortex, and today we are talking to hunters from all across the country who've got some pretty slick tactics. I mean, even some stuff you've never heard of. Slagdix. Slagdix, baby, that <laughs> yeah. helped them get in on some giant bucks and have some really great hunts. So look forward to that. But right now, I am actually in the room with one Tyler Jones, the mountain man himself, Tyler <laughs> Jones, Mr. Mule Deer Splitter. Tyler Jones, man, how are you feeling, Tyler? Are you back back over two hundred yet? Or are you still actually, slim pickings? I'm two tenths of a pound over two hundred. That's right good, now. dude. Yep. All right, I just weighed, man. Yeah, yeah. I've so been, been hogging out Southern style the last week or so. My so. goal is to be the second heaviest person on the Element team, and I've I've been that quite a few times. I don't think I am right now. After my hunt, I'm, a, I'm still a little higher than you were because I only hunted for two days. So yeah. I got to pig out on the way home and eat some chili eyes. Um, what but, happens when you're a good hunter, man? I know, dude. You don't have to hunt very hard. Uh, I, wouldn't, I don't know if i say that. But <laughs> no matter what, our buddy Mark Kenyon will never weigh as much as you or I. <laughs> so, <laughs> even though he's taller. <laughs> even though he's taller. He's, he is, what did y'all call him? Pencil? Pencil, man. That's what I like to call yeah. people like <laughs> That's that. Right. Mark is... Uh, in um idaho hunting hard right now so he's not on the uh, show with us today but we'll have him and josh on the show next week to discuss all of their adventures in idaho and get the lowdown on what it's like hunting bucks in the west and what you can look forward to now but tyler mm. last week we talked a little bit about your mule deer hunt yep 
And uh, this is all sharpening us, getting us ready for upcoming whitetail hunts. But why don't you tell me a little bit about how you changed as a hunter hunting that mule deer? Um, well, so actually the preparation mm-hmm. of, of like leading up to that hunt changed me as a shooter, mm-hmm. really. Um, I knew that this, that I would draw this tag, um, that I had the points to draw it and would draw it. Mm-hmm. And so basically since I've known that even before I drew the tag, probably I started really like dialing in my shooting and being very consistent day in and day out with shooting. Um, I think there's a lot of guys out here that don't understand this when I say this, but prior to, um, doing this, I guess you could say full time. I, um, sometimes would pull out the bow about August and start shooting for the first time since November, mm-hmm. pretty much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of guys do that. And I don't think it's, I don't feel like for me, it's a lot like riding a bike. I could literally pull my bow out and shoot accurately out to 40, mm-hmm. which is all, I mean, like really accurately out to 40 which is all I needed to shoot at deer, um, back then. But, mm-hmm. um, we do a lot of different things across the country now that might require different, uh, positions to be in when you shoot slash different distances. Um, and I did shoot this mule deer at a long distance and mm-hmm. I did that. Uh, I actually was 10 yards inside of what I felt was good. Um, and I shot a group, a very tight group. My last group that I shot at distance um, was, a, was what I basically decided that was going to be, um, you know, what I ended up shooting at. I actually talked to a guy last night at a fish fry and, uh, this isn't a fish boil for all you Wisconsiners out there. Isn't that <laughs> what, they call it? what do they call it? A boil? It's what a boil, it's a boil, right? A boil when they like do like, I don't Potatoes know, crabs and, and stuff. No, yeah. I think they do. They have like a deal. They're probably yelling at me right now, but it's like a deal where you throw fish in to a boil instead of like they a boil fish. I think so. <laughs> definitely not not salt a ludif- be not, okay. not a ludifus, <laughs> you know a little for sure be yeah okay. that's right no uh anyway uh at this fish fry this guy told me you know he said uh um he was shooting good out to 80 and i was like really he goes yeah well you know good enough to kill a deer and i start thinking about it and i'm like well some people think that if you're shooting at the range you know inside of a deer's lungs mm-hmm. then you're good to go at that range mm-hmm. and i'm just telling you right now you guys know it is blackout city whenever a deer comes in sometimes. I believe it was Tony Treach that said you can half that. The some uh, article uh, I was reading. What's his name? Uh, the guy that kills big mule deer. Uh, uh, Omer. Randy Omer. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, that's what he says too. So Yeah, like, I've heard him say that too. That's you like say half that. of that or whatever. Yeah, which so. I don't actually agree with either, but it's a good either. principle to possibly live by. But I would say... Um, before you answered the question, that was what I was going to say is the answer for you is, the, and knowing you for a while, like that's the thing that has changed the most I've seen in you as a hunter is your comfort at longer distances. And I think it comes from just some dedication to shooting for yeah. sure. And you're good at it. I mean, you shot a really awesome whitetail last year at a uh, pretty long range. 50. And then, yeah, we'll say it. yeah. And we'll then you it. shot, uh, well, you know, that's so relative for people, you know, yeah. but uh yeah 50 and uh, then you shot your it's weird to say because i know there's people out there that think i'm an idiot for doing that you know yeah but it was perfect i mean would you say levi is an idiot for shooting 50, a deer at 50 levi's the man levi could put it through his eyes <laughs> that's okay? right i guarantee you You know what i mean you're I'm not, not levi, levi but you're no, not but i practice a lot you're not people and, either. and I've, i yeah. i learn like what i sh- where i can put it you know mm-hmm. and i feel like if i'm shooting a four inch group 
at a distance mm-hmm. that I should be able to shoot a whitetail at that. You know? Yeah, and exactly. All, all in all, ethics are literally based on yourself yeah. and what you think. Right? Absolutely. So. And uh, if y'all are interested in watching that mule deer hunt, it's absolutely awesome. It is on uh, the Element YouTube channel. Go check that out if you haven't. Uh, that that uh, that hunt is epic, and I can't wait to see that deer. But back to your thing about like how it's on you, uh, I just went to Arizona and shot a cow elk there, um, and on the pack out with me, I had my bow in, a hand, in my hand, and I rolled off a you know a rock and fell on my bow, and we were just shooting out here today, and I wouldn't shoot at a deer at 50 right now. I can shoot good enough, but I need to go do a little work, you know, like inside of 40, I would feel pretty good. But like in that kind of stuff is going to change throughout the season or even on a hunt. Like for instance, in 2019, I drew a really awesome tag for elk and that was a nine day hunt you and I were on. And at the beginning of that hunt, I felt really good at 70, mm-hmm. but by day, about day five or six, you haven't shot your bow much. You've, you know, been doing whatever, had that thing fall off a tree or whatever, <laughs> you know, you know how I am. I like to kind of balance my bow places. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, you know, you need to be mindful of that kind of stuff while you're on a hunting trip, whether it's banged around in the truck, it's yeah. been on a horse on a pack in, whatever it might be, like things change throughout a hunt. Mm. So like on day seven of a hunt, maybe your range isn't quite what it was because yeah. you haven't been practicing it much, or maybe you're diligent and you do your practice midday, or maybe you have the time for that. I don't know. It's scenario specific. Definitely. It is. And like the ranch buck, mm-hmm. which was the year before, uh, I had him at 49, completely calm, no, didn't know anything was going on. He was mm-hmm. out there, like in the middle of the open, and I'm sitting like ten foot up in a tree, so good angles and everything. At 49, didn't take the shot, and mm-hmm. I I say in that video, like, man, I just haven't been shooting. It's no, mm-hmm. it's late November, and I haven't been shooting, and mm-hmm. I just didn't feel comfortable with it, you know. Yep. So it really is specific, and I'm I try to make the best decision I can in the moment, man. Mm-hmm. That was that was one of the biggest bucks, maybe the biggest buck I'd ever would have shot at the time. So. Mm-hmm. It just happens, man. You just yeah. gotta you gotta play it by ear, make the best decision you can. Sometimes you live with it. Mark knows. Mark's mm-hmm. had his ups and downs over the years too, man. Mm-hmm. And just that's what it is when you deer hunt a lot. And that's one of the things that makes bow hunting exciting is that it's not a for sure deal, mm-hmm. even whenever you pull the trigger. Yeah. You know, whenever you've got a uh, a rifle or a muzzleloader or whatever, you know, within a close range, it's still not a hundred percent crazy things happen. But like you and I know we we grew up doing a lot of rifle hunting, like it's uh you know if you got a deer at 100 yards with a rifle it's dead to rights usually mm-hmm. you know with a with a bow especially on an east texas whitetail 20 yards ain't nothing them suckers <laughs> might be in the next county by the time there gets there you know so it's it's a it's yep. a cool thing and it makes bow hunting super exciting and today on the rut fresh portion of this podcast we are actually going to talk to some dudes who are real excited about things because some exciting things are happening in the woods we've got brent purvis from georgia We've got Brett Joy from Just Hunt Club in New Hampshire. We've got Jeff Danker from Buck Ventures in Kansas. And we've got Grant Forney, the everyday outdoorsman in Maryland. And these dudes have been doing some really good hunting. A lot yep. of success in there. Some big bucks going down for like mid-September, which is, I, I would almost call this like the second lull or the first of the second. You know, people talk about the October lull, which is controversial in itself. Mm-hmm. But like when the velvet's on, the deer are on summer patterns. Mm-hmm. Velvet starts coming off, everything goes haywire, mm. right? Like you and I have cameras across the country, and all of a sudden we aren't seeing the same bucks mm-hmm. once the velvet comes off. Everything goes crazy. So to be able to get on a big buck right now once the velvet is off is like a pretty tough thing to do, but it sounds like these guys have it figured out, and I do think 
that if you listen to kind of some of their tactics and some of the things they employ, as crazy as they might be, you just might be able to get on a big buck yourself. Now we've got Brent Purvis from Georgia on here. He's a pastor down there in Georgia. Brent, what's been going on, man? Man, it's been fun. I've got a good one this week. Uh, the deer have been running kind of together. As you guys know, they've been in velvet. But, I, buddy, I just missed it. So just <laughs> missed the <a> velvet, <laughs> which has been a dream of mine. But yeah. I got, got some velvet still hanging off this deer, but got a good one the other night. That's cool, man. Yeah, I saw a picture of that uh, deer actually on uh, Philip Culpepper's story. Uh, apparently, he'd been you know talking to you about it and stuff and that was really awesome man and i don't know it's kind of cool to see them just out of velvet too because those antlers look so fresh they're so sharp you know they haven't been rubbed yep. up too much uh so how are you uh kind of patterning these deer going into this hunt so this deer you know early season pattern some of my favorite stuff early and then you got the rut where we got two different opportunities here uh but early season um, what I did is I kind of did a scarcity ca- tactic. I usually dump out a lot of corn the first month, and but the problem is they turn nocturnal before opening day here in Georgia, and, and it's hot. So I did scarcity. I put a little bit of corn out, and I let it go dry for four or five days. A little bit of corn, let it go dry. And what happened is that dominant buck wanted to come in the fastest and get that corn before those other little eight-pointers and four-pointers. So uh, that was my tactic, and it, and it paid off. Um, and then I did something a little bit crazy. I I got winded on my first hunt and he was up, upwind. So, I mean, I had everything covered, sprayed down everything. So the next night I'd been pouring acorn rage in there with my corn. This sounds crazy, but I took a bag, a trash bag, non-scented, poured acorn range there, let it sit for 24 hours. So when I got up there, all the scents were familiar for this bug. I smell like food, I guess. <laughs> Dude, I, I've heard uh, during the rut, you got to be careful with stuff like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got to be careful on that one. Man. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Don't, don't be using that tactic in November. That's for it. Sure. Sorry right to go. No and he said, yeah. so you may get more than what you want. What you ask I'm for. telling you, dude. It's all right to go in the woods smelling like a snack in September, man, but you do it in November, it's going to be rough. That's yeah. right, man. So, so let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, you know, you you said that the that you got winded. Did do you think you know one of the things we've been talking with some of these guys about this week is the access uh, that they've used. Is did did that have to do anything with access? And talk a little bit about how you were accessing this. You know, I had good access. I was fortunate enough we cut trails all throughout here, so I would ride my ranger right down to the spot where I needed to feed, and I only did it at noon, so I stayed away from their their hours that they would feed. But what happened is this deer, we actually called him Johnny Ringo off of, you remember that movie Tombstone? Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a, remember Johnny Ringo, he talked about that he was high strung after Doc killed him. He said, he tore, poor soul, he was just too high strung. <laughs> this deer was for, we've watched him for four and a half years. So he's a five-year-old deer or a five and a half-year-old deer. And he was high strung. So he felt something was off. So I feel my access was good. We even moved the stand where he comes in the entry point. He would come in and not get around me. That's what was amazing about it is that he was 50 yards, you know, upwind of me and just felt something off. But this deer has always been high strung. So um, that that was something I think I've talked to Philip Culpepper, my buddy off Hunt Club. and I was talking to him every evening. He said, man, got to change your tactics a little bit up and, and that's where I started adjusting and adjusting with the corn some more, feeding up a little bit more, and then I actually came up with the crazy tactic of smelling like food. And that <laughs> night I killed him, he came within 15 yards and never smelled. Wow. So, oh, wow. That's cool, dude. 
So tell me more about that hunt that you were able to capitalize on. Yeah, it, it, you know, I knew he had been coming in there hunting. I, I gave him rest after he busted me. So I said, all right, this is a smart deer. I gave him two days rest but kept feeding him. Then came back in, and the wind died down a little bit that night, which was perfect. It was cool for Georgia. That's odd. I don't know how that is, that is in Texas. Mm-hmm. It's hot. Mm-hmm. And um, got in there, and two eight-pointers came out first. And I thought, man, that's strange. And then they started getting weary, started doing the whole thing where they start, you know, kind of kneeling down and backing away. And I knew I had him then. And he came <laughs> up 15 yards from me, hung behind a tree for, it felt like an eternity, probably wasn't five minutes. And then he, he took out took a couple steps at 20 yards. And I just made a bust of perfect heart shot. But it, weird, it came out the front of the, um, the front in front of the opposite leg, but it, it blew his heart out and he didn't go 25 yards down the, the hill. I mean, but choosing a G5, one of them G5 mega meets, and I have never seen so much blood. I mean, I've shot deer with 30 all sixes and not seen that much blood. But <laughs> yeah. It looked like a doorpost in Egypt, man. You know, just <laughs> you, you ain't kidding. I've never heard that before. That's good. I'm going to have to use that on video this year, man. <laughs> that's good right there. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Man, it just feels so good when they're in tight. And, you know, the shot is such a big deal, especially on these southern jumpy mm-hmm. deer. You know, like just the, the uh, yes. I don't know, the uh, – the calmness that there is and just knowing it's a shot that you for sure can make comfortably, you know, like anything out past 30. I mean, I practice in the yard real far, you know, but anything out past 30 is, is you really kind of a a toss up a little bit on whitetail, you know, when you got them that 15, 20 range, it's like they're, they're uh, dead meat, as you said, with the, the, <laughs> yeah. the mega, meat, mega yeah. meat. Yeah. So, yeah. That, and it's so difficult, too, because the other side of that is they can hear this deer's on edge. So he could hear that, you know, be mm-hmm. pulling back that mm-hmm. bow and it got his attention. And I, I knew how big he was already. He, he should score number three in the county, Muskogee County, on bow kills and, and the history of the county. We're kind of a near city limits, but we got like 30 acres right outside the city limits. So, he should score number three, but he was so on edge. I had he was so big. I knew he was going to be a record, so I had to not look at his antlers. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep, I'm I've been not there. looking at his antlers. I'm just looking at all right. How do I tuck this thing in here as tight mm. as possible, mm. as quick as possible? Because the moment I pulled, he looked. Yeah, yeah. we don't bust the tapes out real often, but uh, it sounds you know on a really big deer like that, it's definitely something to consider. I- I'm assuming you've measured him already. What did he tape out at? He taped out at like 142 and some change. And of course, they got to let the 60 day uh, period go by and then send the you know official measures. But mm-hmm. for around here, you know, that's not uh, that's not a giant. I've killed 160s with my bow and stuff like that. But in the city limits like this, he's going to hit the record with that. Yeah, man. So, awesome, dude. You Georgia boys like him urban bucks, it seems, man. It's a, that's <laughs> cool, dude. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So if you were to uh, look at the upcoming forecast and just all the different uh you know uh situations that are going on out there in the whitetail woods what would you rate on a scale from one to ten what you expect the deer movement to be like specifically buck movement in the next week and the next week i would say they're still in that pattern stage if, if you're feeding up they're still good it's cooling down here in georgia so it's kind of getting exciting uh, usually it's hotter than this so i'd say the movement probably I'd say a six or seven, but you still can pattern these deer right now, which is exciting. It hasn't lost that. Y'all know how it is. The mm-hmm. first two to three weeks, you, you know, it's just as exciting as the rut. And here in Georgia, southern Georgia, it when it dies, it dies off. So you 
you go dead there for, you know, a little while before November comes and Thanksgiving, and then it kicks back up. So right now is the time to be in the woods, man. Awesome, dude. Well, that gets me pumped for sure. And I think Exciting. I'm going to leave and go hunting somewhere here pretty soon. But, <laughs> hey, I appreciate you hopping on with this man and uh, giving us the run down there in Georgia. And hopefully uh, you'll get some more time in the stand this year. Absolutely, man. I look forward to it. Thank you all for what you all do. We got Brett Joy on the phone now. He is from Just Hunt Club, and he is in New Hampshire. Brett, what's going on, man? Oh, just uh, at work today, waiting on the next cold front, and hopefully some good trail carrying picture <laughs> stuff pointing <laughs> me in the right direction. That's cool. So uh, your day-to-day is uh, going to work and just checking that app the whole time looking for deer, right? <laughs> well, uh, that's what I'm it ends up happening more we won't tell them off, but i need to get need to get some work done too well one of the owners of the business so i'm only having myself to look at in the mirror, gotcha. so. that self-accountability <laughs> is tough man exactly <laughs> that's cool man so um here lately what's uh what's been the the vibe up there in new hampshire you know it's uh it's a funky time it always is this time of year uh you go kind of a you're, we're in sort of a transition phase from the summer patterns to fall patterns. You have deer that are in velvet. You have deer that are shed velvet. Um, some that are really starting to feel that spike in testosterone, some that aren't. So it's it's kind of highly variable um, this time of year. Um, but we're kind of, like I said, in that transition phase. We open the 15th of September. So um, it's kind of an interesting phase. It can be kind of feast or famine, if you will. Um, if you're on a deer that is kind of in his pattern still, or maybe he's, he's changed to a new pattern, you've figured him out. Um, he's going to be on it for a bit, and you have a really good opportunity to kill him. But I think the general theme is that most of these deer are still pretty relaxed. They're still pretty daylight active, and uh, you know they're they're they favor more to a consistent pattern than other times of the season. Sure. So, so what's the weather like, and how does it compare to normal weather patterns? Um, you know, we had an extremely hot summer, but it seems like those cooler Cooler temperatures are starting to move in. We had a good cold front uh, uh, the last few days, um, right for the opener. Actually, the kind of Thursday, Friday, Saturday, which are the first three days of the season, we had a good cold front. Uh, our team killed a buck and a bear um, mm. and, and had some good hunts. So, yeah, the, the temps are good looking out. It did warm up a little bit, but we look like we have another really good cold front coming in the end of the week. So, I would say you can't really ask for much more than that. Yeah. Um, cold fronts the two cold fronts the first 10 days of the season that yeah. happen to fall on weekends for the guys that can't hunt you know during the week so y'all should be slocking them huh <laughs> yeah we should be that's Hopefully cool so with the hot so. weather is that uh does that make water a scarcity or um is it are you okay there you know it doesn't seem like it we have a lot of ponds we have a lot of lakes streams uh seems like water's everywhere um I'll be honest, I haven't focused a ton of wa- on water in the past, watering holes or building and anything like that, um, because I just haven't seen much uh, on water whenever I'm cameras on water in the past. So admittedly, it's been, you know, a few years since I've tried, but I just haven't seen a huge, uh, huge draw there. I, I feel you. I'm the same way, man. Like water is, water's tough for me. I got a buddy, Tony, who uh, knows a lot about that stuff and tries to convince me all the time that I need to be hunting on a water hole. But it's tough for me, you know, even hanging cameras, I don't see super consistency that, that makes me want to be there, you know, so. No, no, not to say that in different areas or different situations, that could be the ticket, but sure. uh, it doesn't seem like it quite is in, in our circumstance. What is the ticket right now in New Hampshire? Um, I think the ticket is um, finding, well, uh, I'd say giving your 
targeting mature buck, which I know not every listener is, you know, really focused on that, but we are, is finding one of these deer and then uh, trying to hone in on exactly is like small pattern because they're not moving terribly far right now. So I think the the biggest challenge right now is finding one and this kind of this landscape we hunted is big timber, lots of mountains, uh, thousands of thousands of acre, no ag. So uh, finding one can be probably at least half the battle is locating where that buck is in this, in this period of the season. And then once you do uh, try and get tight to where he's moving and manage your entry or exit, um, manage your wind and hunt them accordingly. We like to try to hunt them, focus on cold fronts. That seems like that's the trigger that gets these mature deer moving in daylight earlier in the season. Um, you know, it's tough in the mountains to sit right on top of a bed, like you may in, in different, you know, different, uh, regions of the countries, a bedding area, maybe a, 30 or 40 acre area on a mountain rather than, you know, one or two acres. So it's tough to kind of calibrate how close you can get to that bed. So if you're hunting in a bedding area, you have a high probability of potentially bumping that deer. So we're trying to stay on the edge. Um, and what that means is we may need a deer to move hundred yards and we may need them to move 500 yards. So we're looking for those cold fronts to get them kind of out of that bedding area, you know, out of the areas that we think are, you know, that they could be in and moving. So that's kind of the, the ticket. Um, as far as food sources, uh, it seems like there's food everywhere this time of year. We did have a great hunt on a buck coming to a food plot, but that's kind of the uh, exception. We don't have many food plots and we don't have many uh, ag areas. So the, I'd say the number one uh, food source right now is red oaks. Mm. We have uh, uh, at least some areas we hunt an abundance of them. They're everywhere. As long as you have some in the area, you're in good shape. I think trying to identify like a feed tree is probably pretty useless because we have thousands upon thousands of them pretty evenly distributed across areas these deer are in. So if you can find, you know, some of them in the vicinity of where there's bucks hiding out, you're in good shape. It's kind of like, okay, well, you know, he's, he's in here, there's food, what do you think he's betting? And, and then what we like to focus on is even scrapes this time of year close mm-hmm. to a, you know, where we think is a bedding area and a food source and hunt those scrapes because when those cold fronts hit, it triggers movement and they kind of hit those scrapes and we can be in good luck or in Got good you. shape, I should say. Man, that does sound like some pretty killer tactics there. If you were to look at the next week upcoming, I know you mentioned that cold front that's kind of going to hit here later in the week. Uh, what would you predict yep. the buck movement being like in a scale of one to 10? I would say it's probably going to be, man, we got some really good weather coming in. I think it could be an eight plus. That's Um, an exciting number. Yeah, no, it really is because, you know, if, if these bucks start to fall into these shed velvet, fall into an early season pattern, um, you can get on them. And then we have these temperatures, which here I'm looking at like the end of this week, we have highs in the low fifties. That's below average for sure for this time of year um northwest winds high pressure yeah it could be really good if you're in the right spot if you're not in the right spot you're not on that deer you're not gonna (laughs) you're gonna be crying but if you you are you could be in the money so that's on on the spot you could be could be a could be an eight plus yeah Mm. well maybe if you put your work in and know where one is it's a good time to get in the woods there new hampshire brett we really appreciate it man i hope you have a really great season thank you too you guys as well There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, 
planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. You ever get that feeling you're stuck inside staring at screens and a primal urge kicks in? You crave wide open spaces, fresh air, the chance to connect with the land? Well, maybe it's time to find your own piece of the wild, but searching for property can be a maze. That's where land.com comes in. They got millions of listings across the country, from mountain ranches to hidden fishing holes. Their search tools are like a seasoned guide helping you narrow down what you want. Land.com isn't just about buying and selling. It's about finding a place to hunt, fish, explore, or simply sit by a campfire and listen to the crickets. So head over to land.com today to turn one day into today because trust me there's nothing quite like the feeling of standing on your own piece of earth now we've got jeff danker from buck ventures jeff has been doing some hunting over in kansas jeff how are things going man well we got a big buck in the back and we're heading home so uh casey i think you're doing pretty good sounds sounds pretty skippy man that's cool so uh how'd that go down man were y'all seeing quite a bit of buck movement there for the kansas opener well you know we uh we got some farms up there that we've been really babying all year and actually for the last three or four years so great farm but um man weather has really put a a damper on things and uh you know it wasn't the regular type hunt we had to kind of adjust on the fly so so when you say babying what, what exactly you mean well, I just, man, I think more, I love shooting big deer, but I think I love more than that is fixing up farms for big deer and just having those, you know, whitetail haven type stuff. So just babying with food plots and, you know, keeping out of there, just keeping these deer, these, these farms just right for deer with water, food, everything that I can do. Yeah. So you're, you're, and you're probably pretty particular about what, what are shot off that, off that farm, right? Like it's got to be a certain age or something like that, man. Absolutely. We're shooting definitely age on 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 what we call special deer we do shoot some four-year-olds at times that we think just aren't going to be much um but other than that yeah we definitely have a strict game plan Mm. so y'all zoned in on one of those special deer this past week i'd imagine can you tell us a little bit about that well so basically what we had is we had this eight point last year that was probably 140 inch deer and he was a five-year-old And really we kind of had him on the list to shoot him and he he got by you know some of our guys went after different deer or whatever 
and uh, but he broke early, got in a fight, broke early, didn't think a lot of it, but then he shed early, and we're like, man, what happened to this deer? And, and all of a sudden, he comes back this year, and he's got a big old double main beam and junk going everywhere and just turned into a brute. Um, and so, yeah, my dad definitely picked him out and said, yeah, let's go see if we can kill him, and that's what we've been doing this week. Man, that's cool. So you mentioned the weather a little bit earlier. Uh, how are the crops there in Kansas? Is is it a, a good year for crops and having whitetail movement to agriculture? Well, so this is my deal. My thoughts on that is we we had a good spring. We had some some rain in the spring and and up there we're at you know around Medicine Lodge and that area, but then it went into the worst drought we've ever seen. So crops, you know, we had some good soybeans started and this and that. So deer were getting some things, but uh, now guys, it's awful. It is as bad as I've ever seen it. And, and again, it's got me in a little bit of, of a whirlwind on, on my stuff up there. I mean, basically we killed this deer. We, we basically targeted water. Everything was about water. Um, and, and even, you know, obviously you can bait in Kansas and eat, they're just not one corn. It's a real weird year guys. Hmm. Hmm, man. So that does count sound a little bit, uh, depressing to tell you the truth of the matter. I know it's tough yeah. sometimes, but it makes it kind of fun as long as the animals are in good shape, you know, to, to have challenges like that come along as you kind of look forward this uh, season, uh, like in the next week or so, as we have these openers happen across the country, you know, Kansas just opened up. What do you predict deer movement to be like and what are they going to be focusing on? Well, if I was to predict that right now, and I mean, obviously I look at the 15 day forecast every day mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I live by guys truly, live by cold fronts mm-hmm. you know drops and barometer rises and when you get i don't care if you get a steady 32 degrees that 32 degrees it just stays 32 degrees and it's the same day every day it gets hard to kill deer because it's just a it's a it's hard to get a change mm-hmm. and and then you multiply that when you get just a you know obviously we're going to be 101 up there on monday Oh, I my mean, gosh. when you get that kind of stuff going on and it's, and it, that's all it is. When you look at 15 days, it's just hot, hot, hot and dry, hot, and dry, hot, and dry. Barometer staying the same. So as long as that stays, it's going to be tough stuff. I mean, you know, you're sneaking in. I mean, we shot this deer in the morning. Usually this time of year, we're not even hunting in the morning. Mm-hmm. We're backing way off the alfalfa fields and, um, getting these deer right where they're fixing to lay down. Um, and, and so, Again, I'm hoping it'll snap out of it when I talk to all the farmers. You know, they're looking at the Farmer's Almanac. You know, they're predicting that it ain't going to rain, and it's the first moisture we're going to get up in that area. You know, 15, 16 is um, snow. And so, you know, you don't know how much to take into that, but you, you sure want to listen to these wise old farmers, you know? Yep, yep. <laughs> They've been there, hadn't they? they just, they're there all, yep. the, all year long. They kind of know what's going on in those areas you know typically yeah. the farmers are good people for that kind of thing did right. uh now when you when you guys were able to shoot this deer was that a was that based off of a uh you know a changing weather pattern no it really wasn't we just we knew what the weather was going to be i mean a lot of times when we're after one of them biggins we we see that weather coming up and we leave him alone leave him alone and we don't hunt hunt you know but i just had a feeling that this deer was going to come to water we had a big water tank out and we had him I hadn't checked his camera in about three weeks, and but last time I checked it, we we knew that he was there a bunch, and we knew that he was laying down somewhere out in the grass there, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a great access with a good wind. I mean, that was the key to this place is 
is dad and could just slip in and get in a tree stand there. And that's what happened. They just, we just had a hunch and, and hunting him again. You know, when you hunt over bait or something like that, a lot of times you can put pressure on them real quick. But mm-hmm. when you're, when you're hunting back and you ain't got to worry about coming into bait in the morning and that kind of stuff, and you just go in there and get in a tree and that know that he probably won't be there. He's out on alfalfa field for a while. You can get by with some stuff. And that was just what we were hoping. And that's what happened. Man, mm-hmm. so uh, going forward for the next week, what do you predict buck, buck movement being like on a scale from one to ten? Well, I'm hoping right now bucks are real, they're staying real close. You either got a big buck or you don't. Mm-hmm. You know, you ain't getting a whole lot of new stuff showing up yet. So I'm hoping that that'll start. You know, we'll start kind of gathering some new bucks. But again, with the weather, um, you know, we're going to sit here on our thumbs a little bit at the house and watch this weather and and you know that would i if i was telling anyone if they had a big buck you know be careful mm-hmm. you know leave him alone and let him feel comfortable until it's time to go kill him and that's that's what we're fixing to do we're not going to get ahead of ourselves here and see if this weather will come and, and take shape for us and maybe get a you know a 20 degree drop somewhere and then we'll pounce that's great man that's good advice jeff what's the best way for people to connect with you uh if they want to see what's well, going on check out that yeah, big buck so, your dad killed yeah, man, we have, uh, we've ramped up our YouTube. I'd love to tell everybody about our YouTube. I mean, we uh, just started our YouTube last year. You know, obviously we've been doing television for years, but our YouTube deal, we, we, you know, Cole Cannon heads that up as a great editor and he's actually got over my shoulder 90% of the time. So he's running that. We're putting some good stuff out live. This hunt will be out in just a few days, um, that we just talked about on it. You know, obviously you can come find me and Buck Ventures on Instagram and, facebook and all that stuff and we'd love to hear from anyone awesome man well thanks for hopping on the phone and giving us some advice there and uh i'm sure we'll talk to you some other time this year well Tyler, casey i sure appreciate you guys even thinking about me and just know that i'm here at any time y'all ever want to talk all right we have got grant forney with the everyday outdoorsman grant has been hunting in maryland way up there in the northeast grant how are you doing man Pretty good. It's uh, my favorite time of the year. Hunting season is here, so I'm having fun uh, getting my season started here. How about you guys? Uh, we're doing good. We've been uh, doing other things than whitetail lately. We've been doing elk and mule deer and stuff, but got whitetail on the brain right now, dude, and you have already done the unthinkable. You've put a nice Maryland buck down, and it ain't even October yet, man. How did that go? Yeah, it was, uh, it was honestly an awesome hunt. I couldn't believe it either to uh to put a buck down that early this is the earliest in the year that i've ever been fortunate enough to take a buck so um yeah it was a really good uh really good early season hunt very thankful to to kill a pretty good buck this early in the season on public there in maryland oh dude that's awesome i didn't even realize i was on public ground so this earlier in the year do you see a lot of hunter pressure there on public ground yeah yeah there's a pretty good amount of pressure uh on the pieces of public that i hunt especially opening weekend, the first two days, the first day of the season was last Friday. So lots of guys in the woods Friday and Saturday. So usually my strategy for that is number one, to try to get away from guys. And number two, to really try to be as close to bedding areas as I can be. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how, that's kind of how my hunt was on Saturday morning. It was just a pretty classic example, I would say of, a buck coming back off of food, heading back to, to the bedding area. And, uh, I was able to catch him 
you know, on his way back to bed. Uh, the other thing I had going for me was just uh, a little bit of a cooler morning. It wasn't super cold. I wouldn't really necessarily call it a cold front, but that early in the year, if you can just get like a morning that's just cool enough, especially because of how hot of a summer we've had, um, you know, the deer, the deer are going to be on their feet. And uh, that's what I had going for me Saturday morning. So I got lucky and it worked out for me. Yeah, that's, that's, dude you put the pieces together and that is awesome. I know that some of the other guys we've talked to seem to be saying that weather has played a huge part in what they're doing. Do you foresee that weather being an issue like throughout the season here? Is that something that's happening to you up there in the Northeast? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, um, it's such a huge part of, of the deer movement here as, you know, as it is, I'm sure everywhere, but, um, yeah, it's a huge factor. I think, um, you know, here in the early season, uh, the temperature is just, it's such a big deal. Of course, for me here in Maryland, the hunting pressure is also, uh, a big deal, but I'm looking to get out on those days where the temperature is, uh, is lower, you know, relative to, uh, the days before it or the days after it this time of year. That's really what I'm looking for. You know, I might get a day or two of the week to hunt and I'm going to pick the, the day or two where, the temperature is is really looking the lowest pretty much the strategy Mm -hmm. so are there any like unique challenges or tactics that you have for access during the early season that you may not use as much during you know the rut or colder months yeah i mean nothing really too specific i would just say in general like i'm very very much in tune and very cautious about my access this time of year compared to what it would be during the rut. Uh, in the rut, you know, I'm really not quite as careful because you can just get away with a lot more, I would say. Mm-hmm. But this time of year, I mean, like flipping in, flipping in there for a morning hunt, really, my strategy for access is just to try to, to, try to stay off of food on my way in. And then even more specifically, not do, do my best to not put my ground scent uh, on the side of the tree where the, the deer are going to be coming in from. Yeah. Is that but, something uh, that you do? The, is the ground scent thing you, something you think about much? Or is that like a because you're sweating this time of year going in, you're really, really worried about it? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. This time of year, even more worried about that with, uh, with the ground scent. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, yeah, because of like long walks in, the heat. I'm sweating a lot. Uh, I'm really not doing a lot for scent control for this style of hunting this time of year. So, uh, you know, I'm really paying attention to wind direction on my access. And then, and then, like we said, where I'm putting my ground scent on my way into the tree. Yeah, man, that totally makes sense. Whenever it's uh, so hot, ground, ground or, uh, scent control kind of can be a, a moot point at that <laughs> at that point. So yep. Um, yep. you were talking about food sources quite a bit here. Are you referring to agriculture food sources or natural food sources? Uh, some of both, mostly agriculture. Uh, there's some uh, standing corn that butts up to some of the public I hunt right now that deer are hitting pretty good. And then... Um, there also is, yeah, there also is some natural with, uh, with acorns and browns right now. So, um, the deer that I killed on Saturday, where he came from, he was probably actually coming off of acorns on his way back to bed. So, um, you know, definitely some things to think about this time of year. 
Yeah, man, that's awesome. So going forward, as we look towards like the next week of hunting, you know, as uh, kind of the year starts to push on and we swing from kind of the warmer temperatures into the fall, what do you expect the buck movement to be over the next week? I would say over the next week, it's going to be, it's going to be okay. I would say probably not as good as last week because Mm -hmm. of, in my case, the hunting pressure that is starting to take effect on them, that opening weekend uh, pressure. But, you know, it should be, it should be okay. I think if we can, uh, you know, get some cooler evenings, which looks like we have some okay temperatures coming up. It should be, uh, it should be decent. Yeah. If you guys want me to read it too. Yeah. yeah. One to 10. yeah, so if um, you were to, let me just say the question. If you were to rate it on a scale of one to 10 looking forward, what would you think that would be? I would say I'll give it a six here for this upcoming week versus maybe an eight last week. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So a little lower, a but little still worse. definitely optimistic looking forward, uh, maybe with, uh, you know, not quite as much pressure in the woods because people are just not wanting to get out there and hunt in the heat, I would imagine. Right. Yeah, I would say, you know, the later part of the week will be better as the hunting pressure starts to tie off. Mm-hmm. But right here early in the week, it might be a little tougher because of the heavy hunting pressure that we've seen here opening week. But uh, I would say optimistic towards the end of next week with uh, the hunting pressure starting to die down a little bit and some slightly cooler temps coming in. Cool, cool, man. So right now you are actually headed to go hunt some more. You're in a different state and we want to wish you the best hunt of your season right now. I really appreciate you hopping on here to uh, to talk and kind of hop a little bit before you head out to the woods. If people want to see more of what you got going on, what should they check out? They can check out the Everyday Outdoorsman on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Awesome, Grant. Thanks. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. I really appreciate it. Guys, it's sounding like a great week to get out in the woods and chase whitetails if you have a season open. If you don't, or if you do, it doesn't matter, uh, and you're just hype about some hunting, guess what? There is a new video on the Element YouTube channel. Our buddy Tyler Jones went to Colorado and shot a great, great buck up in the high country. Super tough, super emotional hunt, uh, drama field, just all the stuff you want out of a high country hunt. And then also on the Meat Eater YouTube feed as well, Mark Kenyon's Deer Country. Episode 2 is live where he goes out with Clay Newcomb and shoots a really awesome buck in the Arkansas mountains. This has been Brunt Fresh Radio. Y'all keep it fresh. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose Interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules 
from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase.